listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And I'd like to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you again this week. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Noreen. And it's my last week in the UK. I've been away and I'm back in Hong Kong at the end of the week. How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing very well. We both celebrated our birthdays uh, just in the past week. Happy belated birthday to you. Perhaps it would be so great for you to share a little bit more about your British food journeys with our listeners this week. Certainly will. And a happy belated birthday to you, Noreen, there, because we are just days apart, aren't we, with those? So hope you had a good one. Yes, that's right. We're Capricorn brothers and sisters. Anyway, we won't dwell on that. Exactly. (laughs) So what have you got for our listeners Um, this week? Well, yeah, really interestingly, just a coincidence with the birthday, one of the suggestions that my good sister put to me was that we could maybe go to something which is a global buffet that is in Greater London, Northwest London. It is one of two places in London. I won't mention the name of the place, but they had a really buzzing evening for a Sunday night. It was packed. It was a hubbub. It wasn't quite the same as a Hong Kong buffet because there was a bit more space between the tables where, um, you know, in Greater London, um, there's a little more space in restaurants generally. I really noticed that, going to restaurants in Hong Kong, more space. Um, so that was one thing. But it also it showed me the trends of what was popular because this place has been running, the buffet place, doing lunch and dinner every single day buffet spreads a bit like we're used to in hong kong sometimes in independent restaurants quite often in hotels in hong kong um and the types of foods were quite different to hong kong they're also very different to what i remember being available as a kid some decades ago in the uk so in the asian section um there were some elements which are also popular in freestanding restaurants in the UK, things that didn't exist or I'd not heard of as a kid growing up. Um, We went in the evening time, but I know that in the Asian section of this restaurant, um, which is something in itself, because when I grew up in the UK, the only Asian food was a kind of Cantonese food, which um, was the Chinese restaurant uh, in different suburbs that were a little bit different to one or two that I tried in Chinatown. But even in Chinatown, unless you really did your homework, you would not have heard of things like dim sum. So uh, that's available, just readily available in Chinese restaurants uh, in the UK right now. And my son, who joined and is now living in the UK, going to university, was very happy indeed that there was char siu that had been, um, you know, sort of plated alongside roast goose and there were um, Peking duck pancakes, but very different to what were called duck pancakes when I grew up, which was um, an extremely dry... Oh, dry? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 one, the one that I had last night was moist and it was very much closer to the Beijing roast duck that we know that is basted and even air is blown into it that we know from Hong Kong, you know, that's cooked in the way that it really is cooked in, in Beijing. It wasn't the best rendition of it, I'll be fair, because it's a buffet. And if you go even to some of the best hotel buffets in Hong Kong, one of their 
biggest challenges is keeping cooked food in great uh, you know condition for the diner as they go around but it was um pretty close to what you'd expect from let's say a uh, a buffet in hong kong so uh, but when i grew up i don't know if you ever had this in the uk when you were studying over in this part of the world noreen but um but the duck that was called peking duck was um very dry um it was it was i think it was actually deep fried and it was fibrous yes did you ever have that yes i did i'm so glad you raised this because it kind of reminded me of like the the chicken leg you'd get from a, a fast food chain here in hong kong mm. like it was nothing exactly. like it's not like a peking duck it's no no crispy skin no tender moist no. thing it's just like a deep fried lump of meat yeah. and in in shreds yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, because there was, a, I think, a, an understanding that the palate in the UK um, or in Europe or in some of the West likes deep fried stuff. And so uh, also this is a comment that my son, who's now been in the UK for a while, uh, has made that when he goes to Chinese restaurants, a lot of the dishes are deep fried or they're in batter. I mean, I remember growing up with sweet and sour dishes. They're still very much in... Uh, the menu and very popular in the UK. So very thick batter in nugget uh, sizes with the bright orange sauce. I thought that was a thing of the past. I thought things had moved on, but uh, not the case over here. I'll, I'll, I'll just divert slightly from the uh, that the selection at the buffet, which really did impress me with things like Japanese food. I queued last night for the most popular live station at that restaurant, and it was for teppanyaki. Which was, uh, which is grilled um, seafood uh, in the case of this place, plus some very thin marinated sirloin steak. And so the Japanese food, a lot of lot of reasonably priced restaurants have opened in the UK and Europe over the last few years. Something that I didn't see growing up. So it's really interesting. I think when you go back to a place that maybe you grew up in. Uh, or spent some time in to see how things have moved on in the evolution of food. Have you have you have you been anywhere, Noreen, that you've uh, noticed that kind of change? Uh, either have you revisited the UK after you? studied in this part of the world yeah i have and um talking about evolution say for chinese cuisine because i was very homesick so you know you'd seek mm. the sort of uh, local cantonese hong kong uh, dishes and i and i did mm. notice it's not as authentic when i was in uni this is wow going back uh, like 20 years ago but when i did visit again um sort of in the last uh five six years um i did notice that it's uh, that the flavors are more sort of sophisticated and they're more variety so rather than just the black bean and the sort of sweet and sour there were like different types of um uh, cantonese food but it also depends on where you go say if you're you go into yeah. London, you definitely can get, you know, the gantang ao ha and the the the, the wonton oh, yeah. noodles, and those are, to be honest, I, I think they're really authentic. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that has happened in different places. And talking about authentic food, one other thing that I did, uh, just totally different to what we've just been talking about, is went to a Mexican restaurant. In uh, there are two of them in the UK. I was recommended by. Uh, by actually someone in the UK who is originally from Hong Kong, who lives here 
now with her um, Malaysian husband. And she recommended somewhere not far from where I'm staying, uh, a Mexican restaurant that a Mexican friend of hers recommended, which is very um, much doing elevated this is something that we sort of have in hong kong it's doing elevated mexican street food now when you hear that it automatically to me sounds oh it's a bit trendy they're just picking something putting a big price tag on it to elevated can mean high priced and making dressing it up nicely on the plate well what can i say there are there are the restaurant we went to i walked in it felt a bit like a nightclub it had a really good bar but it was daytime i wasn't going to be trying out the cocktails but i did really enjoy having some dishes that i hadn't really had before and so that was interesting and, and mexican food the uk all americans that either live or visit the uk are disappointed that there are never good mexican restaurants here this is an exception um, and I was really pleased to be able to try even dishes that I knew like tortilla and um, um, there's um, there was some kind of sizzling uh, beef dish were treated either with their marinades or sauces and the way they were cooked in a really different way to anything that I've had in Hong Kong so it gave me a different insight there were lots of layers of flavoring but it wasn't it wasn't over the top presentation. I, I certainly won't call it fine dining, but it was done in a really fun way. There used to be a restaurant in Nutsford Terrace which did reasonably good Mexican food, which has gone now. But um, uh, in Shimsa Choi, but this one was a little insight into some of the different restaurants we mentioned last week that um, West African food has been highlighted as something of a trend. Um, another restaurant that I hope I still have time to go to on this trip is Ethiopian, uh, as an Ethiopian menu. Um, I went there a few years ago when I last visited this country uh, with a couple of friends, and we're planning to go there a little bit later in this week. Um, and that's really interesting that all of these different types of uh, cuisines are still picking the interest. They're still around. They've survived the pandemic restrictions that went on here. So the Mexican one, uh, the buffet one, and the Ethiopian one that I intend to go to all will have made it through what the restrictions were here. So I'm really glad for them. Uh, also, I have to say, and it's a massive cliche, that uh, earlier on at the beginning of my trip over here, I had and it was recommended by someone to me, the best fish and chips I've probably ever had. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you think you may not, yeah, you may you may not be able to go um, far wrong, you think, with fish and chips of having a, a, a place of that in the UK. I've only had it once on this trip and it was, it was meant to be one of the best ones. And it really was uh, pretty good. What was good about it? It was the lightest batter. It was almost like tempura batter. It was so well whisked nice. and whipped. And uh, and there was no oil. There wasn't. If you put a serviette, which I didn't do this, this would be a ridiculous test to do in a in a restaurant. But but if you if you put uh, um, something like that, there was not any greasiness whatsoever. And it was uh, it was also served with uh, properly um, just poached vegetables that were not overcooked, which is something that this country uh, is known for in other parts of Europe. Um, not all of them, but some of them um, of just cooking. Wow. Hardly fish and chips, vegetables. though, Anders. More like fish and no. poached veggies. No, 
Yeah, with chips. Yeah. No, no, okay. Instead of having just peas on the side, oh, they nice. were poached veg. Oh, so nice. that, that kind of lifted the experience a little bit. So I did enjoy that. Um, that's. I mean, I have I have had bits and pieces along the way. I've loved all of all of the fresh cakes. I went to a plant nursery with my sister a couple of days ago, and there was a beautiful spot where within all of the winter plants and potted uh, potted plants and flowers uh, and orchids that are grown and quite popular indoors even uh, in the UK, there was a cafe amongst the greenery that did a load of really top, tasty, gluten-free cakes. And we tried a couple. They weren't all gluten-free, but I just wanted to try because there's a limited selection you can get in Hong Kong. And so I wanted to see what was going on. And these are just getting better and better at, uh, you know, tasting like they're made with regular flour. We heard a little bit, a bit about this some weeks ago when I interviewed someone who's doing this, this in Hong Kong, gluten-free and uh, cakes and cookies for people with intolerances. So it's really moved on a lot here because I try when possible to avoid gluten. I don't have a problem with it, but I try to keep it a bit lighter on the old intestines for myself. Mm-hmm, yes. And uh, yeah, they were really impressive. So those are just a touching on a, on, a, on a few different trends there. I would say that the buffet selection and what I saw around from the fronts of restaurants show that there is a much wider uh, taste of the uh, you know the, of, the, of the UK public that wants to try new things. And um, yeah, that's probably been quite a, a highlight of this trip so far. Say no more, Anders. You're making me so hungry, and I'm sure some of our listeners are, are very hungry. It is brunch, so we do love to talk about food. Um, well, you'll be back mm. a, a next week with us, and so thank you so much for your sharing, and you have a few more days uh, to experience more great food, and I hope you manage to, to do so. Thanks, Laurie. Have thank- a good week, and I'll speak to you live in Hong Kong next week. Yes, for sure. Bye for now. See you.